0: Welcome, everybody, to Trucked Up Podcast. Today we have our Veterans Committee here, and we also have uh, our Shrine Brothers here. They host the Veterans Shrine Memorial on um, Day Road. So we're going to be talking to Dave McCullough. We're going to talk to uh, Hank Frazier. These are both uh, volunteers at the Shrine. And uh, Hank's what, a director?
1: Uh, first uh, Vice Commander.
0: First Vice Commander. What do you I'm just uh, one of the bo- uh, board members. Okay. Dave's a board
1: member. And we got our commander here.
0: <laughs> then we have uh, we also have Steve Flynn with us. And then we have Greg Bedford. And we have Brian Mooneyhan with us. He's going to be co-hosting with us today. Yes, sir. Okay. First, we're going to touch on uh, the Veterans Memorial Shrine.
2: Dave? We've been doing a lot of good things out there. Been to get a lot of feedback. Last weekend, we had our watch fire. It uh, was 50 people... On Friday night and about 30 people on the closing on Saturday night. It went very well, even with a couple of glitches that we had. It turned out pretty good. My first time doing it by myself with some help. But other than that, it was
0: really good. Now, can you guys tell us when the shrine was actually erected?
1: It was started by an Eric and Cleo Scott. Uh, he's a World War I veteran. He was in the Battle of Marne. He was in the ditches and the trenches. And he looked up and he said, God, if you'll get me out of this, I'll never let a veteran be forgotten. He came out of Chicago, worked on the War Memorial Coliseum with Fred Hagerman, who built that museum, or uh, Coliseum. And he ended up finding this 40-acre plot. And once he got out there, he got the ball rolling. Him and his wife both worked their till their dying day. And uh, I came on board about 20 years ago and took one look at this place and said, we gotta keep going for his sake and his wife. And uh, we have been so fortunate. The UAW is the one that really got us kicked off. Uh, Their donation got the ball rolling. Greg come walking in and says, well, fellas, I didn't get what I thought I was gonna get. I got more. (laughs) <laughs> we all just roared because that was the start of everything. And once that happened, your volunteers from the UAW were phenomenal. Uh, we we have been so blessed with you people being uh, one of our greatest
3: sponsors. Now, when, Greg, when did you start um, getting involved with the Shrine? I got involved in the fall of 17 when I walked on the property with a retired member, Karen Goodwin. Uh, I was looking for a project for the Veterans Committee to have... Uh, their hands in on an annual basis. And Karen grew up on that the road that, that adjoins the shrine, and uh, uh, she remembers what it was when it was uh, in its prime, if you will, when it was taken care of appropriately and truly honoring our veterans. And it had fell into disrepair. Uh, financially, they didn't have a clue what they were doing. The group that was there did the best they could with what they had, um, but the property was in decline. and uh, So Karen took me out there and and uh, the hook went in my mouth, and I haven't left since. But it's been a true honor to be uh, a part of its um, reemergence in, in, into its mission, which is making sure no veterans ever forgotten. And, uh, and I'm just glad to be part of it. But uh, to be to segue off of what Hank said, the UAW came through. First year, they funded the overhead doors on the pavilion, which enclosed the mercy box car. Then they. Um, They helped with the asbestos abatement inside the current museum, the floor tiles and the ceiling tiles. Then they were involved with the very first major cleanup of the property, Uh, the retirees chapter and a bunch of uh, active members came out, probably around 40 people, and really did a number on the branches and the trees and the uh, cutting of the grass and planting flowers. It's it's truly been uh, an honor to be part of what the membership Uh, both active and retired of UAW Local 2209 has been able to do. And it didn't stop there. Formally, uh, with Holly Murphy and Rich Laterno's leadership, we adopted the shrine in 2019 and uh, and have helped it financially um, ever since, Uh, but nothing greater than what was done when they made the donation that allowed us to kickstart the construction of the erection of the Vietnam Memorial Wall. Uh, If it wasn't for the UAW, kickstarting that I don't know that Mark Hagerman would have came on board because he saw the community support that was there and then um, he came out and seen us and the rest is history. Uh, Mark Hagerman, UAW Local 2209, um, Steve Crosby with Crosby Excavating, uh, they were the three big ones and uh, and several trade unions from the sheet metal workers to the carpenters to the IBEW, the local community uh, financial donations has been truly uh, an honor to be part of. And that facility, if you've not been out there, that facility has transformed over the last four years.
0: Now, did you think your involvement will get to this level and to see the
3: success that you
0: guys have already?
3: (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, When we first made contact with uh, AVTT out of Texas, the uh, American Veterans Traveling Tribute, who owned that 80% replica Vietnam Memorial Wall, it was way out of our price range. And, uh, and I just stayed in contact with them, occasional email here, text with the CEO there. And um, when they came down and, and uh, uh, they called me in November, Rebecca did, and she said, Greg, um, we've seen your webpage, which was new. We never had a web page before. That was huge. They, they got to see our mission and see what the property looked like and what we were doing. And her and the founder came to Fort Wayne in early December and, uh, and visited us. I couldn't work out a, an agreement with them. I couldn't negotiate a price that I thought we could afford. And then they went back home to, to Texas. And about two weeks went by, and they called and said, We made a decision. We want that wall on your property. Uh, can you afford this much money? And I thought I could. I thought, weak. But I didn't know. But I signed a contract. <laughs> oh. and, uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. and I called an emergency board meeting. And, uh, The guys came together on a Saturday uh, in mid-December and uh, told them where we were at, asked permission, and then told them what I had already done, and uh, then I asked for forgiveness. (laughs) 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 Um, But it was a chance thing because that weekend, uh, my second vice commander, Eric Johnson, had a luncheon with a longtime business associate named Doug McKibben, who owns the Glenbrook Automotive Group. And over over that lunch and a cocktail or two with a sandwich, I'm sure, Eric told him about our mission. Well, that following day, Monday, Doug McKimmon calls me, he introduces himself. He says, you don't know me, probably. I said, no, I have no, no clue. Then he gives me his relationship with Eric, and he says, uh, Glenbrook Automotive is in. I said, well, Good. what wow. exactly does that mean? He says, uh, I'm gonna pay for that wall. Really? Yeah, and his statement to Eric was, after he agreed to pay for it, he said to Eric, "I'm going to do this, but you guys got to make sure you do it right." And um, and I well, think you we did. did. Uh, I think yeah. you
0: did. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I have yet to go there yet. Uh, I apologize, <laughs> you guys. I just uh, I'll make my way there. But but the pictures and everything is amazing. And Dave, Dave, you every time I talk to you, you you're always talking about the shrine.
2: Yeah, you're I, there like all the time. I enjoy being out there. I feel honored. When I had to be on the board. I'm going into my second year. Thanks for Greg turning me on. I remember we did our first ride out there for the Veterans Committee. Man, that didn't sound right, turning me on. Back okay. <laughs> Let's, <say that> <laughs> Let's rephrase that. Okay, I'll rephrase it. <laughs> Greg told me all about it and said, how would you like to be on board? And I said, sure. Okay. Uh, nice – I'm probably down towards the bottom. There's guys that are – four guys that are younger than I am. But everybody else is older than I am, and I like listening to their stories, and it enlightens me more. The Shrine is a great place for everybody to learn everything with our history, and that which is what we're losing. Okay, we're trying to preserve it, and I've highly love this place. I volunteer whenever I can.
0: The last time I talked to you, you were. I put walls up, and you
3: were, you were, he did a lot. I, mean, he, just, I uh, did a lot, out, and a lot of mistakes, too. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah. uh, he was instrumental in making the front part of our, our facility uh, structurally sound. Yeah, okay. Yes. And um, uh, our hope is to complete that one day where we can rehouse a transitional veteran, and it's a two-bedroom apartment uh, that we're currently using for storage. Um, but our ultimate goal is to, to rehouse a, a transitional veteran, and kind of have a caretaker on site to uh, to oversee the grounds. Mm. Now, Hank, I, I believe I saw you at, at our local one time speaking to everyone. Was that you?
0: Yes, sir. Okay, what were you talking about?
1: Well, um, I've got very close friends that were killed over there. And um, when Eric, I brought him on board, and I looked at Eric, and I said, Eric, I says, look at that slight hill up there on the uh, north side of the property. I want the wall up there. And he looked at me and he said, have you lost your mind? And I said, no. I said, we have got to do it. And then, of course, as Greg said, the ball started rolling. Doug McKibben and Hagerman and Crosby and Urbanley, all the people in the UAW and everybody just jumped in. And as I seen the progression go on, it just it, it made me want to be there harder and faster and getting the rest of the museum put together. Uh, it means the world, not only for Vietnam veterans, but for all veterans. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable what is not taught in school. And people at this point of their life and the young ones coming up, They don't realize what we went through just so they could go to school, so they could go to their favorite restaurant, so they could pray at their favorite church.
3: We need to remind everybody, and that's one of our missions, part of our mission statement is that freedom is not free. I think the shrine uh, memorializes that in a way (laughs) that resonates with today's younger generation. We've had several tours come out from from the uh, local schools and uh, we're hoping to have more because that is our ultimate goal, is the educational part of it, to make sure that the next generation knows that freedom is not free and, um, and it truly has been inspirational to see the kids come out and see them walk out there and see 58,300 plus names etched in that, that wall. It tells a story that they don't teach in school no more. So along with our dosets, our, our tour guides if you will, um, they explain to them what those 58,300 names mean and what the other memorials mean. And I think they get it. I don't know that they truly understand the extreme gravity of the situation, but I think they understand that people lost their lives for them to have the freedoms they do today. And, uh, and that's a big part of what we wanna do. We wanna make sure they don't forget. So Hank, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what you guide them through and what
0: kind of stories you tell?
1: Uh, One of the things that I've always stressed is that uh, Christ died for our sins, but the veteran died for our freedom. That's my mantra in my head. And I had an individual leave off a letter. She was four years old, and it was about her father who was killed. He was one month away from coming back. And she wrote a poem, and it was phenomenal. And I looked at that wall and I looked at that letter that was laying there and I always keep a copy of it. And it drives me even harder to get what we need to get to keep it going. Uh, I've had people come out, especially my best friend who was killed, his sister showed up. I hadn't seen her in 45 years. And I got a phone call and says, hey, Pat, Your buddy that was killed, his sister's here. And we ran out there right away. I got a hold of Eric, because Eric and I went to high school together. It's here in Fort Wayne. And there she was with her daughter, and her daughter never met her uncle. And Steve was one of those kind of guys, he was in the Marine Corps. And when he walked in a room, man, it lit it up. I mean, he was a riot. And that guy could sing, twist, and shout better than the Beatles ever thought. Because <laughs> back in the high school days, we used to stay at each other's house, drink beer and play music and <laughs> sing into the Shenanigans. microphone. Shenanigans. <laughs> and so I reminded her as niece of him. And we will always take those stories and keep on telling them. And that's what the wall's about. It gives us the the ability to look at people that come who want closure, whomever they were from. We we affect 12,800 people from relatives, friends on the wall. That's
4: good. Keeping That's their good. memory alive and, and
3: keeping and those stories going.
4: That is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And
3: this, and this wall is just the first phase um, for our Vietnam veterans. Pat has uh, started a conversation with some of the local um, motorcycle clubs about erecting a OEF, OIF, which is Operation Enduring Freedom or Operation Iraqi Freedom, which is the the latest war that the United States finally got out of, a 20-year war. Because those grounds are hallowed and people come there uh, to reflect and to think about what happened wherever they were at uh, during war and or conflict. So our mission's not stopped. That wall was, was the biggest piece of a very large puzzle but it's not the last piece and we need to remember uh, you know the korean war veterans and and, and we're in discussion now with uh um, doug mckibben and steve crosby uh who want to erect a a granite monument in honor of the korean war vets we've got some commitments for world war ii that pat was instrumental in uh in getting finalized and also the civil war uh monument with the um is it the bixler family
1: yeah it's glenn and chris bixler they're um Glenn's uh, great-great-grandfather was in the Civil War, and it was pretty amazing to read about his history. Greg found it on the, uh, what was that, that Wiki Wikipedia. Wiki, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they were so excited. And, and it's, it's things like this that keeps rolling. And you turn around and you think, poor Greg, who signs these contracts... <laughs>
3: <laughs> he looks at us and
1: he says, "Are we going to make it?" And I said, "Don't worry about it. It's a, it's we'll make contract.
3: it." You know, That's and good. when and when we talk about uh, today's veteran, uh, our plan has several that served over in Afghanistan and Iraq. And believe it or not, uh, for those that don't know, there is a great person, is a personal friend of mine. His name is Robert Mendez, and he is our only current active member that is a combat vet from Vietnam and he works over in Body Shop on second shift. Great individual, if you guys that know him, go say hi to him, welcome him home, and, and say thank you. Uh, Bob would get a get a, a great feeling out of that. But we have several, uh, of the 4,000 plus members, there's approximately uh, 250 names on the wall uh, that served our country. And as a veteran myself, to me, those are the heroes. Uh, those are the people that we should remember and honor. Yeah, we've got favorite sports figures, and, and people like that that we, we look up to possibly and, and maybe they play a, a role in our lives but truth be told it's the men and women that protect this, the freedoms that we we live by today that in my mind, in my eyes are the true heroes of this country and as I sit in this room um, I look at Dave and, and, and Hank and uh, my good friend Steve Flynn whose dad was a, a Vietnam War veteran and Greg Warner who's a, a U.S. Navy vet uh, and Jeff Weber who's Whose uh, nephew uh, lost his battle to the burn pit issue? You don't know who's standing next to you and what they might be going through and what they've experienced while fighting or being a family member of somebody that is serving their country. So we all need to be cognizant of that and uh, and think about it.
0: Yeah, and, and you, know, I, I really appreciate you guys. It's like you guys are from New York as well, and um, the local 774 and other UAW locals out there were instrumental in doing that monument for Hispanics. And um, actually, my father's a Vietnam vet. My uncle's a Vietnam vet. Uh, both my uncles and my brother served in Iraq and Desert Storm, and I mean, long list. So and you know. Yeah, and he's just retired, uh, Master Sergeant for the Marines. So yeah, I, I see like my brother used to come, and I used to see his decline every year. All the battles, all the war. Wearing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's tough, but it's great to have members in our my union that were able to have that make that monument. It's great that you guys are here creating this wall for veterans, veterans too, because, yeah, I'm not a veteran, but my family was, and it honors me to see that there, you know. Kudos to all you guys. It's it's amazing what you guys do, and, and it's greatly appreciated. Well,
2: I know another thing too, what we do have things coming up, events coming up, uh, all the way until July. One is the, it's called the Ghost Army. It's during World War Two. Defer the Germans thinking that we're going to come from a different spot than where they actually came in in Normandy. Uh, we got a big article. Uh, we have, If you go online to honorforever.org, am I right? Honoringforever.org, yes. Yeah, And hit that, you'll see the newsletter. We got This is our second newsletter, really good thing. It also gives you the listing of we got a gentleman during the Civil War Got a Gatling gun back up and running. He shoots blanks out of it, okay? but he's going to be out at the museum, I think, on the 11th of July. We were talking over that one, seeing if we can raise some more money. Hey, how about 20 bucks and I'll shoot 20 rounds. <laughs> and then, I mean, I would love to just just get my hand on that thing and shoot it. Oh, It'd yeah. be exciting. But we're—I mean—we got a lot of things. Um, we talk about maybe reenactment of the Civil War mm-hmm. for people to come out and see. Uh, we got a man on board. It's on that uh, with the Civil War stuff. Other projects going up there. We got the new museum that's uh, already been passed and ready to be just get it started. They're just waiting for the weather. And that Greg says hopefully it'll be ready by the end of September.
3: The shell of the. New museum, which is 60 by 100, 6,000 square feet, uh, should be shelled, and our hope is to dedicate that to the individual that donated the money to fund that museum July 4th at 11 o'clock at our property at 2122 O'Day Road. Um, and some other good news, I signed a contract uh, last Friday. <laughs> <Another> one. Uh, <laughs> for what, the church? <laughs> for the, for the uh, construction of our new chapel, which will be the uh, Jeanette Sterling. Well, it'll be the Sterling Chapel in honor of Jeanette uh, Sterling and her family through the, the Daughters of the Ameri- American Revolution, the Mary uh, Penrose um, organization here in Fort Wayne. That'll start in September with a completion date by, or I'm sorry, October with a completion date by late January. Uh, So on site, the the four big things that we have done in the last few years will be the Vietnam Memorial Wall, uh, the erection of the new museum and chapel, and we also have a columbarium going in where uh, veterans and or their spouse uh, can be in earned uh, on our property um, and in a place where veterans will forever be honored um but it, like dave said if you go to ww i'm sorry honoring um all that will be on there uh, another upcoming event is july 27th which is the armistice day which is the uh, day that the korean war ended uh, that'll be our third annual uh, event honoring the korean war veterans we have a golf outing coming up july the uh, 13th am i correct on that date yet yes, july sir. 13th our fourth annual it's a shotgun start out at uh, cobblestone Everything we do at the shrine is through donations, including paying the electric bill, so we rely on these fundraisers that we do to keep the lights on, and then we rely on the, the, the larger corporate sponsorships of and, and individuals, to be quite frank, to, to uh, further fund um, the buildings and structures and monuments that are going up on the property as we speak. so over the weekend, uh,
2: me and Eric were talking Eric had a a young gentleman come in and says, is this property all just about Vietnam vets? Because, I mean, we don't have other monuments. Mm-hmm. And Eric says, no, it's to honor all the vets, even Afghanistan and Iraq. And he even told him, eventually down the line, we will have those monuments out there. It's just time and that. We got mm-hmm. other projects that go, are going up there first. And he was happy to hear about that. Uh, that's one of one, our things, too. We're trying to figure out how we're going to honor the Iraq and Afghanistan guys, what kind of monuments we're going to have for that
0: one. Yeah, there's so much you guys want to do, but financially, you know, oh, yeah. is where the money <laughs> takes you, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely.
2: So we're Unless somebody has a million dollars to donate.
0: <laughs> well, Hank, you know, I, I appreciate you being here. Uh, Dave, I appreciate you guys being here. Mm-hmm. We're going to segue over to the next guys. Okay, and yep. then, um, go ahead, Hank. What yeah, you say? I
1: just wanted to mention uh, nearly 350,000 women served in uniform during World War II. Uh, they performed their duties and members in the Women's Army Air Corps, the Women Air Force Service Pilots, and the Women Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Services. We can't forget what uh, the women have donated and given up uh and including lives we've got eight nurses that were killed in vietnam and we always called them our angels because when you looked up and were hit and pretty well spattered up with blood they were there wiping you down and with a beautiful smile
4: if if someone wanted to get involved and help out how would they go about that just for our listeners people listening that may want to get involved um
3: if, if you go to our webpage honoringforever.org dot org, there is a um there's a uh, button you can click on uh, for donations or volunteerism Uh, but if you're in the plant I work third shift I'm in the paint shop uh, self-maintenance shop over in uh, um, the old body paint area and if you want to call and volunteer get a hold of me Um, somebody knows me in that plant of union uh, leadership positions Uh, there's an easy way to to do it stop by we're open Mondays Thursdays Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5 Uh, somebody will take your name and if you want to just stop out, if it's as simple as tending to a flower bed, it's, it's a, a job that I don't have to worry about getting done. And we're always looking for people to say, hey, let's adopt this piece of the property and take care of the maintenance and the upkeep of it. Um, and we have a, a, sm- a small group of ladies that do that every Wednesday. They come out, and, uh, and they keep the museum clean for us. A phenomenal group of gals. And, uh, and just to, just to say one more thing about the women that have served our nation and are currently serving today – um, it wasn't long ago when they allowed them to go into combat, so these women are not just serving in the nurses corps; they are now fighting, and they're they're flying fighter jets. They're on the ground carrying gun, machine guns, and whatever. Uh, we can't forget that that they are now a very important part of our U.S. military and our our strategic forces. So,
0: Dave, you have something, something last to say?
3: Well, I know
2: we had not too long ago a veteran resource fair at. I attended for the museum and DAV because I'm also on the
3: DAV board, and that was here at the local. That was U- right here union in the hall. Ha- yeah. at
2: our hall. And that uh, we had about uh, eight different groups here. Yes. Yeah, the union hall contacted me because I'm also retiree from the local 2209, so I'm very involved still on that part. I'm also on the veterans committee, so I hear everything that goes on. But still, it wasn't bad. Uh, we had barbecue something. Veterans barbecue. Yeah, veterans barbecue come out. The food was awesome. So far, I like their food was good. And the other one I like is got a fish.
0: Is it got a fish?
2: Something fish. Something fish, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're good. They're really good. They're they're good, too. So, and I, but hopefully next year
3: we get the word out there more. Yeah that and we'll we get learned, more people in yeah we learn from every event and yeah. um uh, just to be able to be in a position to offer veteran services uh amazing, to our community yeah. is, is is pretty amazing yeah once again th- thank you guys thanks dave and thanks thank you hank for
0: being here we really appreciate your service we appreciate what you guys do for our veterans and uh we thank you for coming out well thank, thank
1: you. you for having us it's been the uaw is just fabulous i mean i'm proud to be part of uh, your people coming to us and giving us the things that we need to have help. God bless you.
0: Thank you. And everybody, remember, go to the Veterans, Veterans Resource Fair. We will have a Veterans Resource Fair again next year, and we will make sure it's publicized very well. Uh, Greg, do you want to talk about the uh, education scholarship, the Veterans Education Scholarship?
3: Yeah. Um. I believe this will be our fourth year that we've offered a $1,000 scholarship to a dependent of a, a veteran, uh, mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, um, immediate family, basically. And um, when the education committee started the, the scholarship again, uh, I think you guys started what, Nelson, about five years ago? Yep, about that. The committee said, hey, why don't we do a scholarship for a member of a veteran's family? I met with, uh, I know I talked with... Phil um, Ratkos and then, uh, and then subsequently you and uh, we put it together and it's our way of saying thank you to a high school student for their parents or their grandparents or their brother and sister's uh, time of service because those are the men and women who serve, serve their nation in a, in a way um, that honors them but their family sacrifices quite a bit for their time away. And uh, we just thought it was a little way, to, a small way to give a little bit back to a member of that military family.
0: And you know, and the questions that you ask, and it's similar to what our education asks, is, is to keep the people that are writing them, the kids that are writing them informed. So it actually causes them to research. So our, like our la- your last question was, consider a local, a regional or national monument dedicated to military members. Analyze the significance of the monument and what it means for the group to which it is dedicated. So we're actually getting them more educated on veterans and certain aspects of being a veteran.
3: Absolutely. Um, I think uh, since the first year, um, the essays have just gotten better and better. And uh, it's pretty interesting to see. I know you see you see them all on the educational committee for, from both sides of the scholarships. But the Internet allows these kids to do some research that we never got to do when I was in school. Yeah. And I think, makes, I think it makes the research easier and more interesting because it's, it, a lot of it's yeah. interactive, right? Yeah. So the questions are generated by my committee, uh, uh, Kieser, our secretary. Her daughter has been a uh, previous winner of that scholarship. So, yeah, it's educational in, in a couple different ways. One for them to research it and then one for us when I read it to see what these kids are thinking today. And uh, I, I enjoy that as well.
0: And we appreciate the Veterans Committee for doing that as well. We wrapped everything up. We have all the scholarships, the, um, the essays in. So Randy Walter Grissom, he's going he's gonna to head that up. For the veterans, my brother, he's, um, he serves, he works for the Veterans Hospital now in Florida. So my brother and his captain, they are both grade those, the veterans ones. Oh, neat, neat. Yeah. So I figured, you know, why not have military men, um, women, grade them.
3: Yeah, that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, so my brother really enjoyed it last time because I was kind of in, in a hole last time. At our members in our committee were grading them. It was a tie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? And I'm talking to my brother. I'm like, oh you're a veteran. I'm like, hey, read these for me and tell me which one you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so thank he, him for yeah, that. Yeah, he did. And he loved it. And he got his captain into it. And, he, and they're, like, amazed at the stories. And they loved it. And they wanted to do it again. So I said, oh next year. We so this time they
3: get to read them all. They get to read them all. Oh, that's awesome. Read them again. Great. Well, he so. sounds like a, a great person. I, I uh, Please extend my, my thank you for him I spending will. his personal time doing that for us. I will. Well, thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. And to, to all the members of Local 2209, I certainly appreciate all the support that, uh, that comes our way as, as the Veterans Committee. So thanks, y'all. Okay, Steve and Greg.
0: Uh, we're going to discuss next the uh, Poker Run. You guys have the Poker Run coming up pretty soon, right?
5: Yep. Every year. Um, actually, it's going to be August 13th this year, and it will be our 10th annual. Um, each summer, our committee puts on this event to raise money for veterans in need in Fort Wayne, Allen County, and the surrounding areas. And since we've been hosting this event, our committee has been fortunate to raise over $100,000, which has been donated back to organizations and community services in the Fort Wayne area, such as Shepherd's House, um, Honor Flight in Northeast Indiana, sponsorships of the City of Fort Wayne Veterans Stand Down, Toys for Tots, Christmas family adoptions, just to name a few. Uh,
0: wow, well,
5: $100,000. Yeah, quite a surprising number, isn't it? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: 469 was involved
5: last year. Uh, 469 is one of our big sponsors. Kelly Automotive is one of our big sponsors. Fort Wayne Harley is another big spot because it
0: seems like every year you guys grow between Fort Wayne Harley and Four Sixty Nine, or you get other biker groups that come down. I mean, every year, every time I come, there's more and more and more, and which is amazing and great. That's you guys what are we're building. to do, yeah. And Greg, you had a, we did a bike run, and you had the lemonade stand. Can you tell us a little bit of that
6: one? Actually, that was the last second thing that was thrown in because a partner of mine. His son was, well, he's deceased now. He passed away. But um, he was going through some hard times and he was doing the bucket list. And he wanted to be a boss. So his parents set up a lemonade stand. So he had a lemonade stand. And at that time, it was during our ride. I think I put up, we had like our own app together. And um, I told my buddy Jeff, I said, well, uh, you know, Kyler's ride is, well, his lemonade stand is that day. And he's like, oh, you probably won't make it. And I said, nah, I probably won't make the veterans ride. So the lemonade stand kicked in because these two put in and said, hey, uh, we can make that a stop for the veterans ride. And that really kicked off because that one there, we had so many people show up.
5: Yeah, we had over 300 bikes that year. I think that was
6: was our biggest one, I believe. And the lemonade stand took off with us because – 469 picked up on it, lemonade stand, and Fort Wayne Harley used it also. I mean, the the kid was so happy that – I can't remember the exact total, but, man, it was, it was over, over –
7: 16000
6: Yeah, it was over $16,000 that wow. he made off that stand. Wow. I amazing. mean, we bought up, like I said, 300 bikes, and those guys that was – I know guys that was – even the guys in clubs that showed up, I mean, guys was giving up $100 bills. Just giving it, you know. And After, Kyler,
7: Kyler didn't know we were coming. Wow. So that was yeah. a surprise to him.
0: But that tells you, I mean, you guys, like I say, the Veterans Committee, you guys are amazing. Do a lot. I mean, because you're out there raising money for veterans, and then you go out there and make a little detour. Make a quick detour, yeah. To help, help that young child. Got us through uh, what, what the route's going to be like this year?
5: Yeah, sure. Um, this year... Obviously, as always, we start at at the hall here. And then from here, we're going to go to Scotty's Tavern in Wabash. And then we're going to go to the VFW in Peru. And then from there, we're going to go up to Rochester to the Dam Landing. And then we're going to go to Amvents in South Whitley. And then to Arcola. And then back here to the hall for our after party. Now, are you guys doing the VFWs and the, and the are you guys doing that again,
0: like, no, one just, run we did all just of one them? stop. Just one stop? Okay. okay. Just one stop. Am Am Benz, Am and Vents. Yeah,
5: so two, two this year. I try to mix it up and give everybody what they want. Hopefully uh, everybody will love this route getting, this year. It's getting it's getting a, what they actually, want to get what you want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last mean,
6: year was all veteran stops.
5: I mean, yeah. this is going to be a nice uh, ride. It's uh, two and a half hours just drive time.
6: I mean,
0: I enjoy the ride. It's amazing. It's great. And you know, everybody joins up, form a little groups, and they go any bar they want to, and they meet up at the last place. At the last the best spot. Yeah, it's it's a great time. Yeah, a lot of
7: people like to ride it in reverse. Like, we always go to the first stop as one whole group. Mm-hmm. And then if you choose to, um, we have a lot of members that um, just go take off and go to the last stop from the from the first stop. So we're like passing people in a yeah. way. That's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: So, Dave, so you're the last bike out now, huh? Yes. So why are you the the last bike out?
2: Uh, I make sure that everybody gets out and there's no problems. If anybody breaks down, I'm there to give them support, say, hey, we got a bike broke down. We need a trailer to haul the bike back to the Union Hall. I have connections. I let these guys know that, hey, we got a bike broke down.
6: And he does do a good job with that, though. But you're really in the back because you got a spider, though. <laughs> it breaks down, you know, They can, you can tow them out yourself. But Dave does do a good job. We do have bikes that break down, run out of gas, stuff like yeah.
2: that. Runs out of gas. I mean, or not, they'll
7: be Harleys.
6: <laughs> yeah. That
2: or they don't pay attention. They run into the back of another well, sometimes bike.
6: Sometimes it's so hot. Sometimes
0: you – I mean, some people, toward, towards the end, there's one guy, he was just – he was tired,
6: and he ended up backing into another bike. And uh, But if I'm you blessed. do got a – Spider or slingshot, I mean, you can come on out, but I <laughs> mean, for real though, you got to be in the back. You know, you just can't ride beside, you know, two wheels because you take yeah. up more room on the road. True, but you it's, know, if you got a spider or slingshot, you know, it's open it's for right. everybody. Whatever yeah. you, yeah. Yeah. even right. if you want to be in a car,
2: bring your car out. You just follow behind. It's yeah. like uh, the Harley three wheelers; they're usually in the back because yeah. it makes it easier for them right. to be back there
0: because they take up a lot of room. Yep. So everybody's welcome now. Now, if you have a sports bike, a Harley, a three-wheeler, whatever you have, everybody's welcome. Now, can you tell us how much it costs um, to enter, to register?
5: Yeah, this year we're going to be selling shirts online through the app, which we don't have the details for yet. And we're also going to do a day of sales in the plant. And then obviously you'll have registration the day of. Final prices aren't set yet, but uh, okay. we'll make sure we get that in the next voice or Holly's letter. They we gonna are be- going to do long sleeve, short sleeve, and we plan on doing women's tank top, which has been a hot topic yeah, over the love last that. couple of years. Oh yeah, they're going to love And that. it ain't
0: black this year. Well, black's hard to get. Period. You can't get
5: black right now. Yeah, we're going navy blue. I can tell you the color. Um, the design. Who designs the shirts? Uh, Usually a bunch of us throw ideas together, and uh, then we just formulate off of those. You guys are doing a really good job because they're really nice. So you guys do
0: a bunch of raffles at at your event as well. You emphasize for everyone to bring cash. Cash is always easy, right? Yeah. Because you guys have like maybe 10, 15, if not more, baskets, correct? I think the most
5: we've ever had is around 50 baskets to raffle out.
6: Mm -hmm. We're talking rims, (laughs) leather jackets, amps. Yeah, it.
5: you name it—from restaurants, local restaurants, Stars. bars, stores. Um, the community really steps up and donates a lot of stuff. To That's this. great. That's great.
0: Now, anybody that doesn't have a bike that still wants to come, they're more than welcome to come to the after party. As oh, well,
5: absolutely! So. Come to after uh, party. Usually, we charge ten bucks because you know you're getting a drink and food.
0: But everybody's
6: welcome. Everybody's welcome. You're welcome to join in on the raffles. And before people think the money goes in the pocket, but that ten dollars still go to donation to the
2: veterans. Yeah, and they can put money in to get the raffles.
0: Okay. Besides the veterans poker run, our locals also tries to join in some other veterans runs as well. We have uh, on August thirteenth, we have the veterans poker run for us for local twenty two and Then June twelfth, we have Operation Enduring Freedom Ride and Rally. That's in a uh,
5: it's Shankler Park. S- Thank you.
0: that's in New Haven. Kickstands up at one p.m one p m. Registrations at uh, eleven to one p m. And then on June eleventh we have Ride for the Resilient. Starts at Harley Davidson of Fort Wayne. Kickstands up at eleven forty five a m. And that's twenty dollars per bike, ten dollars a passenger.
5: So uh, uh, me and Jeff are going to be doing both those runs. I think G-Dub might be joining us due,
6: due to Saturday run.
5: Yes, and uh, so if any of you guys want to go on that run, don't have anybody to go with, you can look up myself or Mr. Jeff Weber or Greg Warner, and uh, happy to tag along.
0: Yeah, yeah Jeff and uh, Greg, you guys make sure the line's running right. Oh yes, yeah. you know you guys do the lead and do the so sure I safe. take it
6: we're blocking again? It's been a while, though, since we all go our separate ways now. Well, the first well, ride, first we're, we're going to need them. The yeah. first stop, we're going to need blockers.
5: i just like to touch on that ride for the Resilient. That's actually um, started by FW22, which is uh, 22 veterans take their life each day in this country. Something to really come out and support.
0: Okay, well, thank you, guys. Um, now that we're done with the rides, uh, we're going to touch on the burn pits. Jeff Weber here with us today. Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about the burn pits?
7: Yeah, burn pits are um, um, any bases over in Afghanistan, Iraq, Kosovo. I mean, there's burn pits all over. Wherever um, there's a conflict, there's burn pits. If the United States military is there, there's burn pits because they do not want to leave anything for the enemy. So they burn. I mean, if you can think of it, they burn it. It's I'm talking human waste uh, medicines ammunition vehicles uh, batteries uh, you name it it goes in these football field sized pits and they light it with jet fuel and they have armed guards standing around the burn pits to stop the enemy from going down there and getting anything i guess but they are guarded 24 hours a day while they are burning the smoke and soot coming out of these burn pits are poisoning our men and women of our military. So Jeff,
0: yeah, the burn pits, like you said, they're like, I think the biggest burn pit was about 10 acres and it was 147 tons of waste that was in it. Yes. Now, can you tell us a little bit about Burn Pits 360?
7: Um, Yes, it was uh, started by Rosie Perez um, in Texas. I'm not sure of her hometown in Texas, but her husband um, came home from Tours, I believe, in Kosovo. And he is, to this day, he, he is still alive, but he is fighting for his life. Um, they got no help from the VA, no help from the government. And so Rosie just started this fight on her own and basically got no help from any other veteran organization because, I think, It it was because a woman is doing this, you know. I mean, it's sad to say, but a woman started Burn Pits 360, and she took a lot of flack for it. But the bright side of it is they are in Washington as we speak, um, and there is a legislation on the Burn Pits being uh, debated uh, by the Senate right now as we speak.
4: And this is closer than it's ever been as far as getting passed, correct?
7: Yes. um, This has been a 13-year battle, and it is really, really important that this bill passes because it's the most comprehensive bill that this country's ever seen for our veterans. There's a whole list of illnesses, and it's presumptive. So if you were in the military and you were just even in one of these countries, if you get sick 20 years down the road, you're covered. And that that's a big part of the bill.
0: Now, the bill actually passed the House already. It was uh, House Resolution 2436. And now it's in the Senate, and now they're discussing it in the Senate. And the Senate bill is Senate Bill 1188. And the name is yes. Senate uh, Sergeant First Class, correct? Yes. Uh, Heath Robinson Burn Pit Transparency Act Bill. Now, that's being discussed right now, right?
7: Yes, they are debating that. And that bill was actually... Um named in honor of my niece's husband, Heath, who uh, lost a six-year battle with lung cancer after returning from two tours in uh, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. And it has officially been named the Sergeant First Class Heath Robinson bill. My sister is the Ohio advocate for um, Burn Pits 360, and they're in Washington with John Stewart and uh, Rosie from burn pits 360 and there's several other veterans organizations that have jumped on board um so that's great you know but um we can nobody's getting their hopes up
0: and which is what's your sister's name again
7: my sister is susan zyer um she's from sandusky ohio uh heath was actually her son-in-law and once he got sick it was like you know just shocked the whole family and because heath was a an athlete he was two-time ohio national guardsman of the year for the triathlon stuff that they do marathon stuff that they do whatever that award is hard to win from what i understand and he won it two years in a row i mean he was a model model of physical health and the burn pits just wiped him out he was 39 when he passed away and left behind a wife and a five-year-old daughter now we
4: talked a couple months ago about this and um you and I had a really good conversation then. You were telling me, uh, it's kind of on a personal note, you were telling me some of the struggles that Heath was going through, him going to the VA uh-huh. and being told that he would have to be on a waiting list. Yes. And uh, can you kind of uh, kind of elaborate
7: more on some of that? Yes. Um, uh, it was kind of towards the end, um, the last several months, that Heath was alive. He understood that there was nothing going to save his life, but his oncologist, you know, his team of oncologists, it wasn't just one doctor, right. um, wanted to make him more comfortable because he was basically suffocating. So they prescribed a uh, an experimental medicine, and he would have had to go through the VA to get it. The oncologist couldn't give it to him. So he made it called the VA, wanted to, had to go see a doctor at the VA. He called, he had three months to live. He called the VA to make an appointment and they said, sorry, sir. Um, we can't see you for six months. Wow. He said, I only have three months to live. Right. They said, well, if we get a cancellation, we'll call you. Yeah. I mean.
0: That's heartbreaking. It is. I'm sorry. Very heartbreaking. But, yeah. That's, that's, Yeah. That's tough.
4: These it, men and women are, they're finding cancers that they've never even heard of. Yes. That they uh, don't even know.
7: Heath had a uh, a softball-sized tumor in his left lung. And a doctor, prominent oncologist at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, um, contacted Danielle and wanted his lungs right, to, you know, uh, do an autopsy on his lungs because... He had metals, and there were so many different kinds of cancers, some of them don't even have names yet.
0: Right.
4: Yeah, they say because and,
7: of
0: all the, the rubber, the chemicals, the oils, the gas, electronics that were burned, there's actually 43 different types of cancers.
7: Yes. Far. We the, don't know what's going to come out in the f- future.
0: A buddy of mine served in uh, in Afghanistan, I reckon Afghanistan, I believe, he uh, actually had surgery on his throat because he was around burn pits. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure he appreciates everything you guys are working and for, too. I don't know
7: if I should say this or not, but this is probably one of the biggest hypocrisies of the whole thing. When Dick Cheney, before he was vice president, he was the CEO of Halliburton. Yeah, Halliburton was awarded $44 million to build incinerators. The incinerators never, never got delivered. It. Never made it. As far as I know. Halliburton kept the forty-four kept, million, yep, kept them and I don't know what happened, but all I know is, had we had those incinerators, we'd have a lot more soldiers alive, including right. my nephew. Right.
0: Exactly. Well, we appreciate you being here, uh, telling us about the burn pits and explaining it to everyone. Now, when is the the vote? Do you know when the vote is for the Senate?
7: They are actually um, debating it today. Um, my sister just told me this morning that it may be voted today. That would be a really? good thing if it goes to vote today yeah, wow. because okay. that means everybody, no discussion, let's just go vote on it. Mm-hmm. But they're not getting their hopes up, but by Friday we should know whether it passed or not.
0: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Good.
7: And if it does not pass, I thought it was the end of the line. Mm-hmm. I was informed over the weekend that it's not the end of the line. They mm-hmm. already have a new battle plan. John Stewart's got stuff set up for moving forward. Yeah. Now, yeah. is there still a number that you can
4: call? To uh, really push to your um, senators, your senators to, to vote for this and yeah, you through. can
7: you can continue to do that link that was in uh, Holly's um, letter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, the senators are probably in Washington, right. so. But, you know, I, I did mine today. Yeah, you know, I've done it every day since my sister gave me the link, so. And based on that, um, since I'm here, I want to take the opportunity uh, to thank everybody in this local because uh, it started a couple years ago with me walking around with some papers in the plant, just going to friends and saying, hey, will you fill this out, you know, to help. And I kind of told the story. I ended up getting just from our plant over a thousand letters signed. There were people signing them that I don't know, you know, that somebody told somebody and My sister and Danielle and the rest of my family just really want to extend our appreciation to this local, and especially our CAP Council. Our CAP Council uh, took it and ran. Yeah, and Amanda did great, and Deanna Watson, and I just can't thank them enough. Um, This is pretty emotional for me, but it's something that we have to get done. Also on the bill, I don't know if anybody knows about it, but. There's a lot of illnesses that are going back to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So this is the most comprehensive bill that our country's ever seen for veterans, and it's really important that we get it passed.
0: Exactly. It's that's just like cool. Agent Orange. Look how long it took for it's, My it's, father had Agent Orange, and they had he had a point on a map where he was at on a certain day and a certain time for him to even get it. And it's kind of ridiculous. And know?
7: that's what makes this uh, presumptive part of this bill so important because the the military knows where you were.
0: Oh yeah, well, yeah. So
7: they can look it up. A guy doesn't even have to say, "Hey, I was there." Right? Mm-hmm. The military will know he's there and or or she. Yep. And if you if they get sick, they're covered. It's that simple. Yeah, bottom line we need to pay our people. We need to pay our soldiers that uh,
0: are out there fighting for us. And we need to ensure they're they're in good health. Yes. We need to make sure they're taken care of when they come back.
7: Yes. Well, Danielle was um, interviewed by CNN a couple weeks ago, and she actually came up with a, a good point. She said her many trips; um, she was Joe Biden's um, guest of honor at uh, the State of the Union address. Yeah, that, yes, and she did a, a like I said, an interview with uh, CNN, and she said, as you walk through the Senate or Capitol, you see all these POW flags. And she wasn't putting down the fact that they are got the POW flags. But these servicemen and women that are going through this health problems because of the burn pits, they're POWs in their own bodies. Yep, Mm
4: -hmm. absolutely.
7: And the war doesn't end for them. Right. And that was part of what Heath wanted. Heath knew right away that nothing was going to save him. But it was his dying wish that his wife his mother-in-law and our whole family just hook up with with Rosie and burn pits 360 and just keep fighting yeah. don't what
0: so he well, Heath, he has he has an amazing wife that's doing amazing things for, and an advocacy for this and so are so is your sister Suzanne they're honoring his name yes and that's great
7: well I mean Heath and to share a little more personal thing about Heath picture this you have a five-year-old daughter you know you're not going to be there for her 16th birthday, her we- her graduation, her college graduation, her wedding, her uh, children being born. Heath was strong enough to purchase gifts. There are gifts at their house right now for those. Could you imagine was- having to do that? Yeah. I don't know that I could do it. To see Heath and the and the shape he was in. Before he passed away, we went to Columbus one weekend. They live in Pickerington. Heath went to go upstairs to lay down. And it was less than a year before he passed away. I saw him struggling to go up the stairs. So I jumped up out of my chair, and I ran over to him, and I grabbed his arm, put my hand on his back, and I said, Heath, let me help you. The warrior that he is or was would not let me help him. He wanted to crawl up those stairs because he said, I'm not ever going to stop fighting. Yeah. Well, I can see that fight in you. Thank you. You're I appreciate it. you a great it. job. Thank you. Well, I couldn't have done it without the help of this local union and my friends. I, I just couldn't.
0: We're always here for you, Jeff. Thank you. Um, so Thank you again, Well, Jeff. I mean, we appreciate you being here, talking about burn pits and telling us your personal story. Thank you, Greg, Dave. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jeff, for our, uh, what you do thank you I mean it's amazing but that's a testament to our UAW and our membership right, right. you know and our committees you know we all work together and to help each other out as our committees are in my eyes our backbone to our UAW you know we share our core values we emulate our core values and we're out there in the public helping them which in turn helps
7: us well I have to be honest I don't know that if Heath didn't get sick whether I would have joined the Veterans Committee or not, because I thought you had to be a veteran for for number one, but um, I'm not. But since I have joined um, and got more involved with this local, I, I just can't say enough about the type of people that we have here. And the general public can think what they want. They can say what they want. But we know what we have here, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful thing. Exactly. Extension of family. Yes. So with
0: that, we'll let you guys go. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Trucked Up Podcast. We appreciate you listening.
5: And have a nice day.